Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Philip Terzi, and I am the literary editor of the Weekly Standard, and this is my weekly podcast on the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. This week we're looking at the December 21st issue, which leads off with a review um, of uh, a book entitled Destiny and Power, The American Odyssey of George Herbert Walker Bush by John Meekham. John Meekham is a former... Um, magazine journalist who's graduated to writing um, um, large, door-stopping, popular biographies of American political figures. Somewhere along the line, he seems to have acquired the confidence of um, George H.W. Bush, um, the 41st president, and the book is based to some degree on um, interviews and, I guess, exclusive access to some of uh, former President Bush's paper, but it is yielded a book which, um, uh, as is often the case with uh, popular histories of this sort, um, there was a kind of 48-hour splash of interest in some of the comments that um, President Bush made about some of the figures of his son's presidential administration, notably Dick Cheney and uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Um, But at the end, it's a conventional... uh, um, uh, biography of a living figure, and to review it, uh, Thomas uh, Dusterberg, who was a, an official in the the uh, elder Bush's administration, uh, takes a good hard look at it and has a, a useful critique. Um, I think the the point he makes is that the headline grabbing details of the book, what what the elder Bush thinks these days about Donald Rumsfeld, is really sort of the stuff of, of daily newspaper stories and not of any particular significance. But what, what, what is most unfortunate about Meekham's um, book is that it's very much a biography of George H.W. Bush from the point of view of someone who never would have and probably did not vote for him in 1988, so that it's very much a kind of Democrat's perspective on a Republican administration, which is fine. No doubt there are Republican perspectives on Democratic administrations, but um, Meekham has tried to some degree to acquire a reputation as a historian, and I think Thomas Tusterberg reveals here that he's really uh, at, at heart a polemicist more than a historian. So it's an interesting um Piece and to some degree an interesting corrective about a lot of the journalism you may have read about this this biography. That is followed by a review by uh, uh, Joseph Bottom, my predecessor as editor of this department of the Weekly Standard, of a new uh, collection of selected poems by John Updike, which I'm sorry to say that uh, Jody Bottom isn't a huge fan of, um, but the way he describes it um, makes the piece well worth reading because he's an admirer of Updike's poetry and he just doesn't think that this particular selection edited by Christopher Cardoff and published by published by Knopf uh, really fully does justice to Updike as a poet. Um, to be sure, John Updike is better known as a, as a novelist and even to some degree a, a, a critic and essayist. Um, but poetry was a constant in his half-century and more career. And 
even if he's uh, not in the Yeats-Eliot uh, category, he's nevertheless a, um, a major American poet and probably deserves a little better than this particular selection of his poetry. Um, nevertheless, this is about the best um, uh, brief description I've read of John Updike's poetry, so I commend the piece to you. That is followed by an essay um, by Max Eden of the American Enterprise Institute on a book entitled The Prize, Who's in Charge of America's Schools by Dale Rusikoff. And it's, it's a, <clears throat> this is a kind of uh, uh, a, a general theme uh, based on a, a specific uh, subject, which is a, a program in Newark, New Jersey, underwritten by Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, and very much promoted by then-Newark Mayor Cory Booker on school reform. Um, the scheme was to some degree endorsed, although it seems half-heartedly, by Governor Chris Christie, but the two main figures are Mark Zuckerberg with his checkbook and Cory Booker with his um, political skills. The upshot being that the um, the hundreds of millions of dollars which were spent on the uh, on the on the reform program, complete with uh, introduction and um, dedication by Oprah Winfrey and other celebrities, um, was of course a, a complete failure and no one really knows to this day where all the money went or how it was spent and whether anyone to even the most modest degree benefited from it. So it's a kind of a, a, a cautionary tale about school reform and the eternal human uh, inclination to throw money at, at problems, especially secondary education. We have a review by Thomas Johnson of a book entitled The Great Fire, One American's Mission to Rescue Victims of the 20th Century's First Genocide by Lou Uranick. Um, there might be some dispute about what the 20th century's first genocide is, but in 1922, uh, the newly invigorated nationalist government in Turkey, uh, in effect, um, uh, slaughtered and exiled the uh, couple of hundred thousand ethnic Greeks and Armenians who had been living in the coastal city of Smyrna. Um, they were not only ordered out, but uh, essentially burned out, and uh, the city was set on fire, and tens of thousands of people found themselves at the at the edge of the harbor. Um, some of them were rescued, the, the majority were not, and at the end, uh, Turkey controlled the whole of the of the uh, land uh, uh, in Smyrna and without, and a Hellenic. Uh, presence, one might say a Christian presence in, in that part of the world, uh, was eradicated after a couple of thousand years. So it's a sad story and a graphic description of a sad story, but it concentrates on a couple of Americans, consular officers and uh, missionaries and others who were there at the time and were instrumental in bringing this horror to the attention of the world. Not a terribly well-known uh, a well-remembered incident in the history of genocide, but at the present moment, one uh, well worth acquainting yourself about. Alexander Gray, um, uh, who frequently writes on historical topics for us, has reviewed um, 
an interesting new book called The U.S. Navy, A Concise History by Craig Simons from Oxford University Press. Um, the U.S. Navy is, uh, as with any such institution, could be described in a multi-volume uh, study or what have you, but in this case they've very wisely decided to to uh, tell the story in 150 uh, well-wrought and succinct pages, taking us from the, the revolutionary era up to the present um, uh, and it sounds uh, like it's been well done. Uh, and um, if you're looking for a um, concise, uh, accurate, and on the whole um, objective history of the United States Navy, this is probably the one for you. Uh, and Alexander Gray's uh, description of it um, is, gives you as good a thumbnail sketch of America and sea power as you'll find. So I'm very pleased with this piece. Uh, James Gardner, who frequently writes about um, art for these pages, um, takes a look at two shows in New York, uh, one at the Frick Collection, the other at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which are both more or less devoted to the same artist, Andrea del Sarto, a, a lesser-known uh, master of the Italian Renaissance, but as he describes eloquently in the essay, um, uh, one who ought to be better known than he is, and certainly prompts this particular reader um, to try to take the shows in the next time I'm in New York. They close in January, but the but the Andrea del Sarto shows um, uh, are are um, uh, one might hope the uh, precursor to a revival of interest in him, and James Gardner describes the life and career of Del Sarto um, really quite quite um, eloquently in his piece. We don't have a film review this week from uh, John Padoritz, but we did, do have an essay by Stephen Miller uh, entitled Life of a Salesman. This year is the centennial of Arthur Miller, the playwright, Death of a Salesman being his most famous play, but Stephen Miller has a slightly contrarian view on this. His father was the sort of traveling salesman that uh, Miller described in Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman, but he asked the obvious question, is is every traveling salesman's as tra career life and career as tragic as Willie Loman's? Uh, and he uses his father's example as a as a refutation of that it's, it's both it's both pertinent and humorous and so i commend it to you with much uh, pleasure and that is our books and arts section for the december 21st issue of the weekly standard as always i thank you for joining me for these few moments and i look forward to talking to you for the next issue <laughs>